Boston's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. How are you doing tonight? Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. Good to have you along for the ride. Oilers game tomorrow. 6.30 face-off show. Action starts at 8 here on 6.30, Chet. NHL action tonight. The Islanders still leading the Devils 1-0. They're well into the third period. Carolina is up 3-1 on the Sharks early in the third. The Sabres, 2-0 lead on Columbus early in the third. Late in the second period, the Flyers and the Habs are tied 1-1. The Canucks and the Flames about to get going. The Edmonton Oil Kings are on the road taking on Brandon. And, man, Brandon has started the game well. Late in the first period, 3-0 in favor of Brandon. Your scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer tonight. Kellen, how you been, old boy? Doing good. How are you doing? I am uh, doing great. Having a fun week, fun show tonight. Mm-hmm. Always enjoy hearing from people. You can text 630-630. Uh, this texture says, regarding the last caller, the Oilers needed to stop getting rookie NHL coaches. Todd McClellan was the best established coach available. A young core needs an experienced coach, someone who has already found his way and established himself in the league. Rookie coaches, like the past few the Oilers have had before McClellan, need to find a veteran core to carry them through their learning years. Wish them all the best. That texture, uh, no signature, but... Good thoughts, I think. You can also tweet me at Reed Wilkins if you want to reach out on Twitter. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com is the email, by the way. Uh, next week, we'll have edition number two of Living the Dream. New feature on the show featuring uh, Northern Alberta hockey players in a league other than the NHL. On Wednesday, we had Alan York of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. We had Derek Ryan of the Charlotte Checkers. And uh, very interesting to talk to those guys. One's playing in North Carolina, the other playing in South Carolina. And uh, you can go on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com to get the SoundCloud files for those interviews, or you can sign up for the Inside Sports podcast. This guy has a very successful podcast, and he still has a job in California, I think. Pleased to welcome back to the show, currently with Fox Sports 1 in the U.S., I think, formerly of TSN. He grew up in Athabasca. It is Jay Onright. Jay, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great to be here. Uh, excited to talk to you. Excited to talk about the Morinville Liquor Store, the new arena, uh, Matt Hendricks, um, uh, the cinnamon buns at, uh, what's that place up on 109? <laughs> the high-level diner. A high-level diner. Let's let's talk about everything. Let's get it all in. Now, the, the cinnamon buns, uh, we went there. I can't remember when you were here. I think you were still in Toronto when you visited for something. Didn't, did you not get cinnamon buns specially packed to take back on the plane to Toronto with you? Yes, I did. They were that delicious. My gosh, they were fantastic. I Man, if, if you're not heading every single day to the high-level diner, and getting at least a dozen cinnamon buns, and then crushing each and every one throughout the course of your workday, then you're not a true Edmontonian. You and know, I mean every day. No trouble getting the food on the plane? <laughs> no, none whatsoever. I just, just <laughs> slid them right off. <laughs> just, yeah. 
Just don't worry. It's not live bacterial cultures. Just cinnamon buns. Okay, Mr. Onright, go ahead. Just fresh cinnamon buns. And then when I dropped the high-level diner, like they were like, whoa. Like It was almost like everyone went silent because they know if they didn't let them on the plane that, uh, you know, the mayor would probably uh, take away their uh, – their license to operate security at the airport. I don't know. Do you need a license to operate security at the airport? I I don't think so. I think you just need the uniform. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, you mentioned Matt Hendricks. Now, did, did did his crushed athletic supporter get any play on your television station in the States when he blocked that shot in his sensitive area? You saw that picture, yes, right? Yes, did. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, I did. We had it on our show that night. Um, we hardly get any hockey highlights on our show anymore, and we're actually going from an hour to a half-hour show, uh, so we're definitely not going to have many now. But if a player takes a puck to the athletic supporter and, and it ends it the way Matt Hendricks was, then you can, be, you can rest assured that we will put that on our show. All right, so there, attention NHL, there's how you get more coverage south of the border. Uh, more shots of crushed cups. Yeah, and fighting. Bring fighting back. <laughs> like, honestly, it, you know, fighting is almost like disappearing from, from hockey. Like, like, that's not going to play well down here. Like, the one thing that people love in America are the fights. They love that. They love the fact that it's the one of the four major sports where you can kind of fight and then you sit in the box for five minutes and come back and keep playing you don't get kicked out or suspended for 10 games so hey listen i'm not saying i condone fighting i i'm not saying i personally still think there's a place for it in the game and self-policing makes sense i know that's not a politically correct correct thing to say but i can tell you that if fighting disappears from the game altogether that will be bad for marketing the game in the united states <laughs> Okay. It's true. Uh, I'm just being honest. It's true. No, that's 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 great. I, I don't I don't doubt what you're saying. Uh, Jay Onright joining us here on Inside Sports. He's with Fox Sports One in the United States. We, we joke around a lot, Jay, but I want to ask you a serious question. You referenced your your program, and it's uh, the the length of the program being adjusted. I want to get the clarity here from you um, because I have had some people come up to me or or contact me on Twitter and say, hey, what's going on with your buddy Jay? His show got canceled. Did Jay lose his job? Is is he coming back to Canada? And, and I'm answering all these questions for you. Uh, now I have a, a question to be able to ask you so you can speak for yourself because it was very uh, exciting for you when you went there, but a lot of fans in Canada were sad to see you go, and they still follow your career. Can you offer me any clarity on, on your work status, on what's happening with you on Fox Sports 1? Yeah, the show never was ever canceled. Um, we're kind of retooling it because the new bosses we have at FS1, uh, their philosophy is uh, highlights are something you can see on your phone and, and don't need to see on your television anymore. And so we are, we, are, we are amping up the comedy and amping down the highlights, cutting it to a half hour simply because I think the show works better. As a, this type of show works better as a half hour show. We don't need the full hour to get in all the sports news. 
We're just going to entertain you. And we were never, ever canceled. That report was completely wrong. I wish someone would have actually asked us about it. Um, we've been planning this sort of retooling of the show for about four months. So everything's good. We were out on Venice Beach shooting a bit today. Went really, really well. Um, so life couldn't be better. All right. So you're not coming well, back to... Oh, I- you, you, you're not coming back to work at the Athabasca IGA, just to clarify. There is no IGA in Athabasca, and I think a lot of people in Athabasca are going to be offended that you made that assumption. Um, now, if you're talking about the value drug mart that my parents used to own, if worse comes to worst, and, uh, and I do get deported, which, let's be honest, is always a possibility on a daily basis, uh, then certainly I could see myself moving back to Athabasca. Uh, I've got tons of experience at that value drug mart. I could be uh, a merchandise receiver. I certainly could clean the floors. I'm good at facing up the merchandise. What that means is you want the shelves to look clean, so you face up all the hair coloring. You bring it all the way up to the front of the shelf so it looks like it's just freshly been filled up. And that oh, that's all stuff I can do. Plus I can sell lotto tickets and... I can also fill up your film development, so I'm assuming that they're not developing a lot of film at the Value Drug Mart anymore. Okay, hang on. I'm just, I'm just catching up here on your resume. I'm just writing all this down. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Jay. Jay Andre joining us on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, did, i, I got to tell you, as, as you probably noticed, I've, I visited you a few weeks ago. Thanks for the tickets to the Los Angeles Lakers game, by the way. I was fascinated with what's going on with that market and that team. The team is horrible, and it struck me that nobody cares because it's Kobe's final season. Never been anything like this that I've personally seen in professional sports. Like uh, Derek Jeter had his sort of farewell tour, but the Yankees uh, were not like the worst team in the league at the time. So this is what's happening in Los Angeles. The Lakers are, you know, the bottom five, probably bottom two in the league. Uh, Kobe is awful. Uh, he, he should have retired two years ago. And Laker fans don't care uh, because they just love Kobe so much, and it's better than the alternative. They'd rather have a, a hobbled shell of himself Kobe out there every night taking bad shots, scoring 13 points, and their team losing than just do an all-out rebuild and not have him there at all. They'd rather just have him out there. And so – you know, Mitch Kupchak, the GM of the Lakers, has come out and said, this whole season is just about Kobe and paying tribute to Kobe. And, yes, it's partly that, but really they have no other alternative. They're terrible. So they might as well grab on and latch on to something, and that something is Kobe's farewell tour. The one thing I will say, though, is that Kobe is totally much nicer with the media and fans than he ever was, and I wonder if he regrets sort of his his public persona before, uh, you know, sort of being so serious with fans and media, never really sort of joking and having another side of his personality. I think it was always there, and we're seeing it now that he's retiring, but it's sort of too little too late. Okay, so at what point will I, – I, mean, like, like, I, I assume they're probably going to be bad next year. So a year from now are the fans going to be mad and be like, oh, these are the consequences of Kobe playing? Or, or is there going to be a grace period, do you think, for this team? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, this town is Lakers-obsessed, 
So, there, I mean, there was a time, you know, post-Magic Kareem, pre-Kobe, that was pretty rough for the Lakers. So they've gone through it, but it's short-lived, and the assumption is always that free agents will always want to come play for the Lakers, right? And, and that assumption I don't know if it's necessarily accurate anymore. Um, it doesn't hold the same cachet, I think, to have to play. You don't have to play in Los Angeles to get major endorsement deals. Russell Westbrook plays in Oklahoma City and still gets big endorsement deals. So you don't have to play in L.A., but in the end, I think the lure of the Lakers, their history, the city, the weather um, will always draw some players. So I don't think they'll be down for long just by virtue of the fact that players will want to play here. Yeah, well, it's interesting what's going on with that team. All right, Jay, uh, I'm glad you still have a job and a show. We, we've, we've, we've cleared that up, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad. The cops that... are after me. The, what did you do? I don't know. I, they want me out of this country. They said that I've got a job at Drug Mart in Athabasca, and I've got to take it. All right. That, he's gone. Did we just have a guest get... Did the interview ended with him being arrested? Is that what happened? And that's not the police department you want to be messing around with. The LAPD, they're... They're, that's that's heavy duty police right there in L.A. Well, they don't, they was, don't mess around. That was Jay Onright. Maybe his last time on Inside Sports as a free man. Maybe the next time he's he's in San Quentin. Uh, fun to catch up with Jay. Uh, this texter says, "For the record, you do need a security license to work at the airport." Th- thank you for that. Oz says the high level diner was featured on "You Got to Eat Here," wasn't it? And another texter says those cinnamon buns are garbage. Well, Jay likes him. <laughs> All right, great to have Jay on the show. He is still employed, everybody. He, he, he hasn't gone down to the United States and had it all fall apart. Things are fine. They're making some changes with the show. Uh, everything is good. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. Ed Hervey coming up in a few minutes. We're back after this break. Oh, bye. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Nugent Hopkins still out with the uh, broken hand. He has started skating, but obviously uh, not that close to returning to game action. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 722. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs forward Leo Komarov suspended three games for his elbow to the head of Rangers captain Ryan McDonough. How about this guy, Taylor Chorney, former Oiler, now with the Washington Capitals, a $1.6 million two-year contract extension with the Capitals. He's averaged almost 13 minutes a game this season. Steelers tight end Heath Miller has retired, played 11 years, won two Super Bowls. And uh, how about this longtime Oakland A's utility player, Tony Phillips, has passed away at the age of 56. A career 266 hitter, played nine of his 18 big league seasons with Oakland. He helped the Athletics win the earthquake-interrupted 1989 World Series against the San Francisco Giants. And this afternoon, the Canadian women's soccer team qualifying for the 2016 Summer Olympics. They beat Costa Rica 3-1 in the semifinal of a qualifying tournament to guarantee their spot at this summer's games. Uh, I believe the other semifinal uh, tonight featuring the United States, who will likely win that game and then beat Canada in the final. But 
uh, the top two get in. So uh, Canada going. So good. Last, uh, was that just the last Olympics? Where Canada had that uh, heartbreaking loss to the United States? I think so. It the, was. The, uh, the overtime the, game. The Olympics couple, in London, right? A couple yeah, of controversial calls went against Canada. Sinclair got the hat trick, but it was a 4-3 loss to the United States. So mm. uh, I would have never thought that the national women's soccer team would be as popular as they are, which is, which is good. Which is good. And, of course, the Canadian women's basketball team going to the Olympics. They qualified right here in Edmonton. Edmonton is the home uh, for that team. 780-496-0063. You can text us, 630-630. So, uh, Jay Onright was just on the show. Always fun. I don't know what was going on there, but there was a siren, and the interview ended. The Eskimos today, by the way, and GM Ed Hervey coming up in 10 minutes. Signed free agent fullback Xander Robinson. Interesting guy. Originally drafted by the Argos in 2011, played five seasons there, started out as a defensive lineman, converted to fullback in 2013, won the Grey Cup in 2012. The Eskimos signing wide receiver Jacoby Ford, former Oakland Raider, New York Jet, and Tennessee Titan, uh, played four seasons with the Raiders, mostly a return man. I think he could be a pretty dangerous player. And Joe McKnight. Originally drafted by the New York Jets in 2010, also played with the Chiefs. Uh, he returned kicks as well, played collegiately at USC. Ford is 28, McKnight is 27. So a couple of guys trying to keep their pro careers going. I will ask Hervey about both of them coming up after uh, the 7.30 news. Uh, also ahead, Mark Kennedy, Alberta curling champion. We'll catch up with him. He, he's going to the Briar again. And uh, later on tonight... Uh, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to talking to this young man. Ten-year-old Hussein Wade, who got to go to the NBA All-Star Game as a junior reporter. What an experience that must have been. We'll find out how it happened, who he got to talk to, what he got to do in Toronto. That's really cool. All right. Still one nothing. the Flames leading the Vancouver Canucks. We'll keep you updated on the other town scoreboard. Inside Sports, of course, presented by AMA. Tomorrow night, Oilers take on Jerome McGinley and the Colorado Avalanche. Pre-game at 6.30, puck drop at 8 AMA. Safety and savings for your family. Back after the news, Eskimos general manager Ed Hervey. Wonder what he has to say about that wacky schedule, by the way. 42 games, or 42 days without a home game? Something's not right there. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. J.C. Sheriff choosing to re-sign with the green and gold. He was a free agent. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Just a quick look at the scoreboard before we bring in Eskimos general manager Ed Hervey. 4-0 Sabres leading the Blue Jackets. Uh, David Legwand scored a goal from his own end of the rink, a bouncer that went in. Robin Leonard, Sabres goalie, involved in a fight. There are screenshots of his crazy eyes going around the internet right now. 
The uh, Islanders beat the Devils 1-0. The Hurricanes over the Sharks 5-2. Flames and Canucks tied 1-1 in the first. Flyers and Canadians 1-1. That is uh, early in the third. The Oil Kings in Brandon tonight, and uh, they are into the second period. And it is now 4 nothing for Brandon. So uh, good night for Brandon so far. Tough one for your Edmonton Oil Kings. All right. Uh, a few things to talk to Ed Hervey about. I mentioned the two guys uh, that, they, uh, that they signed as uh, the Eskimos try to repeat as Grey Cup champions in 2016. Ed, of course, the general manager of the team. Ed, thanks for joining us again. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Reed? Doing very well. It's it's good to talk to you. The last time I saw you was uh, in a crowd of people uh, at the airport when you came back with the Grey Cup. I, I know a lot has happened since then. And, and look, Ed, I just want to say I know you're the type of guy, you don't live in the past. Uh, you look at the now and you look ahead. But um, you're not a last-year type of guy, but just congratulations. I hope you had time to enjoy the, the Grey Cup. You made a lot of fans and Edmontonians happy. So just just want just to get that out there before we move on to the today stuff. Well, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, you're right. I, I don't look back, but I do. I mean, it's been a, it's been a bit of a, um, a climb for us here in, in Edmonton. Uh, and, and within the organization to get to that point, and we're very pleased, you know, be pleased personally to be a, have been had a hand in bringing the Grey Cup back to Edmonton. A lot of pride in this city, a lot of pride in our our fan base, and you know, there's a lot of pride uh, in this organization, and, and I have a lot of pride myself. So I'm I'm quite uh, thrilled by being able to accomplish a Grey Cup, and looking forward to competing for. For more in the future. Yeah, right on. And that journey, obviously, continuing over the last few weeks. It's it's been a February is always busy. You get into free agency and stuff. And I'm really interested in a couple of the uh, guys you announced today, um, specifically Jacoby Ford and Joe Joe McKnight. Jacoby Ford played in the NFL, uh, was with Oakland originally, and and had his best seasons there. Um, tell me a little bit about acquiring Jacoby, selling him uh, on the Eskimos, and and maybe potentially how how he could help this team if he if he winds up making it out of camp. I mean, again, when you you spend time going to those camps, going to those uh, going to NFL training camps, and, and I think people knew who Jacoby Ford was when he came out of university. Uh, but as far as the, the sell job on getting them to come to Canada. It, it's it's sometimes it takes a little time because they have to get the NFL out of their system, but also we have to be persistent in the fact that you know we 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 sell opportunity to continue to play, we sell the opportunity to to showcase what you have, um, and, and just enjoy the love of the game. Come try something new, and uh, you know I got to give Paul Jones a lot of credit on um, you know getting that deal done, getting both of these deals done. Actually, it's um, you know it's a rarity that you're able to get this kind of um, you know ability to to commit at once. Um, again, they have to come up and show show that they can play in our league and that there's a commitment and a willingness to 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 play at a high level and not look down on the league. But I don't believe these two individuals uh, will do that. I believe that they're hungry for the opportunity and looking forward to uh, coming to Edmonton to compete. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with this question because we're still a few weeks away from camp. But with Ford and McKnight, are they? Do you see these guys as kick returners, or do you see them as 
offensive players slash returners or 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 I mean I know they're listed as receivers and running backs, but where what spot on the depth chart are they ideally filling here? Well, I mean we see them as really good football players that are going to be given an opportunity to come in and compete and wherever their skill set allows them to give us the best chance of having success, we will um you know, we will use them there. I mean, I'm going to that you know, we give those these players to the coaches to give them the best um you know, players we can we can find and they're, they're able to uh, locate where they fit within their systems. Both of these gentlemen have uh, experience returning kicks as well as punts, um, but also have a skill uh, at their respective positions on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, we just want to make sure the competition is in camp is there. Uh, we want to give our, our ourselves an opportunity, um, you know, to see what they look like, give our team the best chance at, at moving forward um, beyond and past uh, last season. And looking forward to giving guys an, an, an opportunity, some guys that you may never heard of. These guys in particular, some guys, some people have, as, as NFL fans, have heard of these guys. Uh, but the ultimate uh, responsibility that that we have and that I have to this organization and to our fans is to provide the uh, best competition that we can uh, in our training camps and put the best team we can on the field uh, for our fans to enjoy. Yeah, Ed Hervey joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. Uh, Ed, I was able to talk to J.C. Sherritt when he resigned. Uh, I mean, you're well aware, I'm sure, of his popularity and obviously his performance. Um, he, he, he talked to me a lot about becoming an Edmontonian and not knowing a lot about the city when he came here and falling in love with it and some of the things he likes to do on his, on his free time. We had a really interesting conversation. Um, he's one of those guys, I mean, in the media, sometimes we call them glue guys. Uh, I don't know if that's the word you use, but beyond Sherritt's ability on the field, he seems to me to have added that extra little something to the franchise um, just in the way he carries himself and he's able to sort of relate to the community as well. Well, those are the kind of players that we that we look for, right? You're you're always looking for players not only that can do it, excel on the field, but that can excel uh, in the community. And uh, you know, JC definitely has that. You know, he has the character. He has um, you know, he's a very uh, smart player. Uh, he understands uh, what it's like to um, you know to be in a community. That, that's passionate about football, but also understands uh, the expectation that the that the organization has of its players, and you know he's bought into that, and he's one of those players that also passes that message down to our younger players and players who come from other teams, and gives them an understanding of what it's like uh, and what we're all about here in in, in Edmonton. So uh, you know he is a player that is well-respected in, in the community, well-respected league-wide. And uh, the term you use, a glue guy, I totally I totally would agree. He's, he's definitely that, but he's also a player that is, um, you know, that, that excels at a high level and uh, that's very dependable. And, um, you know, he, as we all would call it, you know, for us former players, when we have discussions about guys on our team and on past teams, we say, 
you know, he, that guy is an Eskimo, you know, and that's something that the guys in the locker room who have been here for a while understand and know. And I think I think that's a great compliment to come from some of the uh, former players that have played here when they identify guys uh, on our roster uh, when 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 they have a chance to meet them, speak with them, uh, do things with them in the community, and their their general assumption of the player is that uh, you know they're a great person, all this and that, but when they follow it with he's a he's a he's a true Eskimo, you know you've done a good job as a player, and, and JC has definitely done that. Yeah, just a couple more for you. Um, I, you know, Jason Moss was hired as as the coach, and, and you rolled out your coaching staff uh, a few weeks ago. I was able to go to Commonwealth for that announcement. I I, I want to ask you something about Jason. I, I don't I can't remember if you were asked this specifically, so I want to ask you this from the perspective of you having been his teammate for several seasons. Um, when you were a player and his teammate, did it ever occur to you then? Jason could be a coach. I mean, did you, did, did you, even when you were both players, did that thought ever cross your mind? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, our, our, our team at the time and the, the people that were in that room, we had some very sharp uh, individuals, sharp, you know, all around smart, but football in, in particular, some very football smart individuals. I mean, you know, Ray. You know Moss, uh, Tucker, uh, you know Rick Walters, uh, Chris Morris. I mean, you go down the line. There were some very sharp individuals in that room, and you know you you, you talk to Moss. You, you you could talk to a guy, uh, a player, and you know whether he knows what he's talking about or not. And and when you when you're in the meetings with a player, you know who has it and who doesn't. And you have to have that ability to be able to not only explain it but have the ability to explain it to where uh, players can see it and understand it because everyone learns differently and some take longer than others but when it came to Jay you know you, when you when you heard him articulate a play or explaining it to to the coaches or explaining it or him and listening to him and um, one of the receivers talk or talking to him myself you you knew that he had that that's something that was uh, going to go far in this business. Right on. And Ed, before before I let you go, the the schedule came out yesterday. I guess I'm going to ask you uh, a question that a lot of people have asked me, and I, I haven't been able to give them a good answer. Um, the the schedule includes a large gap where the Eskimos this year don't play a home game. Um, you know, the month of October, you're not at home. Was that a team request? Did it just work out that way? Is there anything you can enlighten us uh, about that? I I don't really. I mean, I I I, can, I won't comment on the the schedule. I, you know, I I'm going to you know I don't have anything positive to say about the schedule at this point. So I'll leave that for someone else that that's willing and probably eager to talk about the schedule. I'm just going to continue building our team. And we will play the schedule as it is uh, written. There's nothing that I can say right now that's going to change it. So I'm just going to move forward and um, make sure that I do everything I can and our coaches will do everything that they can to have the players prepared and ready to go through it. Because in the end, the ultimate goal for us is to uh, be competitive, make the postseason, and compete for a great cup. And that is where we will leave it. All right, fair enough. Ed, really appreciate your time. I know you got a busy day. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports. No problem, Reed. Thanks for having me on.
That is Ed Hervey, the general manager of your Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos, who has nothing positive to say about the Edmonton Eskimos schedule. If you have not seen it, I suggest looking at it on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com or on the Eskimos website. Um, something has happened. The, the team has not di- did not request no home games in October. And some people were asking me yesterday, oh, are the Oilers going to host an outdoor game? Uh, no. The, the Oilers are probably going to be playing an outdoor game in Winnipeg in October. Uh, I don't think that the Eskimos thought, oh, we can't go up against the opening of Rogers Place. I mean, that, I mean, you'd have one or two football games in a month. That's not an issue. Something unusual happened. Um, well, I'll talk about some details of the schedule. I will propose a theory as to why it is the way it is when we get back inside sports on 630 Chad. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. There's Adarius Bowman. Got the clinching first down in the Grey Cup win over the Ottawa Red Blacks, who are the Eskimos' opponent in their home opener on Saturday, June the 25th. Some uh, texts coming into 6.30, 6.30 after the Hervey interview. Brian says the Eskimos did a survey several years ago that showed fans didn't like Thursday home games. This year we have two. Why is this happening? There are season ticket holders from all over northern Alberta, and Thursday games are tough to get to and then get back to work on Friday. For me and others from Slave Lake, it's 250 kilometers each way. Yeah, two Thursday home games, which uh, generally aren't popular. Uh, Thursday, July 28th against Winnipeg. Thursday, August 11th against Montreal. They do both start at 7. There was one Thursday home game last year. I don't think it's unreasonable uh, to have one Thursday home game. Um, But having two when it's a fan base that really doesn't doesn't like it uh, is a little much. I think six or seven years ago, there was a uh, schedule that had four Thursday home games for the Eskimos, and people really didn't like that. Um, it, 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 is, it is an odd schedule. I mean, last year the Eskimos had their buys in Week 2 and Week 20. So they played 17 straight games without a buy. Uh, this year they have a buy in Week 2 and again in Week 17. So it's not really they're not really spaced uh, as you would expect, but not not as weird as last year, I guess. So they got a home game. I'm, I'm just talking regular season here. They got a home game. They got a bye. Then they got another home game. They play five of their first seven regular season games at home. Five of their first seven. That leaves only four of the remaining 11 games at home. The even odder than that is the 42-day stretch... 42 days between September 23rd and November 5th when the Eskimos don't have a home game. In between, they are at Winnipeg, at Montreal, on a bye, at BC, at Hamilton. It also stands out to me that there are two occasions early in the season when the Eskimos play on a Saturday and then have a short week playing again on a Thursday. Last year, they played all those weeks in a row, but the games were pretty spaced out. They played a lot of either Friday or Saturday, so usually had the five- or six-day break in between. Uh, this year, they, 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 they don't have that as regularly. 
Now, do you remember when, I'm sure you do, Kellen, do you remember, when Chris Jones left for, to go coach the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right. and took the whole coaching staff, almost the whole coaching staff? Yes. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. People were angry. Yep. I you on the schedule this year, Friday, July eighth, Saskatchewan comes here. Right. Friday, August twenty sixth, Saskatchewan comes here. Mm-hmm. The games involving the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are generally the best attended games of the year. Yeah. There is only one divisional opponent that you get to have two home games against. This year the Eskimos get Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. All the other teams in the West Division would have wanted that. Right. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders also come here in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Which is not going to be nearly as significant a game. They're actually here too much. Three times is too much. Um, There was all that talk about compensation, Chris Jones leaving, all that kind of stuff. You know, I remember Terry Jones from the Edmonton Sun putting it on, on Twitter. If the league wants to compensate the Eskimos, give them the two home games against the Riders this year. That has happened. Whether that was part of the plan or not, I I guess we don't know for sure. Maybe someday we'll know for sure. Hervey certainly indicated that someone out there has an explanation. Uh, But it's not that the Eskimos didn't want the home games in October. I mean, I wonder I I wonder if the league looked at this and said okay, here are your two home games against Saskatchewan in the regular season and now we are going to screw you over. I wonder if that's what happened. Someone texting me in, uh, they alternate who gets the home games. Go back and look at the schedule. It's no, it's not, it's not equitable. There should, there, there's not a formula. You'd like to think there is, there isn't. So I have a quick question, Reed. What do you think happens to the uh, CFL pink game that happens usually every October? There's usually a home game in October that the Eskimos set aside for the... Well, I don't know. Honestly, Kellen, that's, that's, a, that's a very nice game. That's mm-hmm. the least of my worries. Right. Um, it's it's just, I mean, some. I mean, look, if you were to do a mock-up schedule, a first draft, and say, and see that one team had that long in in a in a football league with nine teams and had that long without a home game and that many consecutive road games, you would say, okay, we should probably edit this. And I'm sure the Eskimos said, okay, we don't like this version of the schedule, and I think they did. And I think they were told just shut up and take it. So it, it it's the the team to to at least some extent has been targeted and ignored and and willingly shafted by the Canadian Football League. That that to me, hey, the simplest explanation is usually the the one that is true. Uh, I mean, Ed Hervey made those comments about tampering. In the offseason, says everybody does it, we do it. He got fined for comments that threw the league into disrepute. Is this another shot back by the league? Am I, am I being paranoid? I don't think I am. Schedule's off. 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Again, you can go to the Eskimos page on 630ched.com. The Great Cup rematch is the first regular season game. Saturday, June 25th, Eskimos against the Ottawa Red Blacks.
Kings. Still ahead in the final hour of the show. We'll keep you updated on the scores in the National Hockey League. Mark Kennedy, third for the Kevin Cooey rink. They once again win provincials and are going to the Briar. We'll talk about the mental fortitude needed to get that done. And we'll meet a 10-year-old kid who got to be a reporter at the NBA All-Star Game. Back after the 8 o'clock news.